0: This morning, turn to. I know you're not going to be surprised with this, but Acts chapter two. <laughs> We're going to look at Acts chapter two today. Uh, this is uh, this day represents Pentecost, that day that God poured out His Holy Spirit upon His church, and He transformed everything when He did. And He desires to continue doing that in our lives today. Acts chapter 2, we're going to start reading the first 8 verses. Or actually, I'm going to read 12 verses. The top 12 verses. And we're going to look at why you need the Holy Ghost. Hopefully, we can, we can uh, convey the, the, the Word of God that shows that today I need it and you need it. The, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. This morning, if you've got that there, if you would turn uh, or stand up, and we're going we're gonna to put it up on the screen, but you can read with me or, or as I read it. And it says in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting." And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, "...devout men uh, for out of every nation under heaven, and when this was noised abroad, the multitudes came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born?" Parthians and Medes and El- 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 Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Amen. Let's... Pray and ask the Lord to bless why we you need the Holy Ghost. Lord, we pray that God that you would open up your word and God that you today would God again that you would put within us a desire that these disciples, that this these believers had that God they were waiting for something special. They were waiting for that gift that you promised. And God that you poured it out and was faithful to do it. God, I want you God to stir our hearts today to fully realize that God you want to do it again. We need it today more than ever before we need a fresh indwelling of your holy spirit so that you can move and breathe and work and deliver and god set this church on fire today through the power of your holy spirit god you move and that everything would be pointing to you and you would minister to us and thank you right now for what you're going to do in jesus name amen amen why do you need The Holy Ghost. Why do you need? Uh, Some of you may say, well, I'm not preaching. I don't need, a pastor needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I'm good to go the way I am. Well, I hope today to wet your uh, whistle, as they used to say, uh, give you a little appetite for more of the things of God. And if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, that you ask God just to rekindle you one more time, just like they did uh, when they came out of, uh, uh, I guess Peter and John came out, and they and they came out and told them what they had done to them in jail, and they prayed for God to give them boldness and and to do, and said, God just poured it on them again and they just, whoa, they just the power of God just kindled them one more time and so we need to realize that's what God wants to do he wants to give you power so we see that Jesus had commanded last week we talked about that the Lord commanded these disciples it says in a very strong way he ordered them to go in that upper room don't you leave you stay right there until I give you this thing because it's one of the most important things you're not going to be able to do everything I want you to do you're feeling like you want to do things for me but you're going to be able to accomplish those completely if you let me indwell you with my holy spirit and he promised it to those believers and there's a lot of people today believes that's not part of today let me tell you something without a shadow of a doubt that's not the truth the lord can pour his spirit he can blow again he can move through every single one of this but the difference is there has to be a hunger there has to be like these individuals they waited they sat there and they waited for 10 days and i was wondering you know you 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 look at this and you say why did they have to wait 10 days i mean The Lord, at one point, it says he blew on them and said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? He already done the work right then. It was a done deal right then. Why did they wait 10 days to finally receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? And and it doesn't give us clear direction. Let me tell you what I feel like in my spirit this week. First of all, if you have to wait for something for a while, if you're having to sit there when they're sitting there, what are they doing? They're praying, saying, God, you promised it. We're doing what you're saying. First of all, we're obeying. We're doing what you told us to do, right? It gives them a period to obey what God... they're not gonna they're not doing it in themselves they realize they uh, when you're sitting there waiting for 10 days and you're praying and seeking God let me tell you one thing I can tell you for sure that happened they seen the insides of themselves and they realized they had something they had needs they weren't sufficient in themselves when you're sitting there praying before God in his presence and you stay in his presence just like we see Isaiah he realized very quickly he was insufficient he didn't have what he needed to do what God wanted him to do and he says woe is me woe is me I'm a man of unclean lips living amongst the people of unclean lips why? Because he got in the presence of God So when we're, they spent those 10 days First thing they did, God was able to reveal them And their weakness and their need They knew they needed something else Let me tell you something else They had been with Jesus for three and a half years He had he, Every day they had lived on the words of life That he spoke and he told them the moves to make He encouraged them, even corrected them Even when he corrected them, it was something They, they learned later, that oh he loves me That's why he corrected me So every day they've been walking with him They've been so close to them, they love him They've now went, he's been gone for 10 days and you think in 10 days that they haven't realized how much they loved him and how much they missed him you just go take a vacation away from some of your family for just a week for seven days and you're going to stay your way, you're ready to get back to see some of them hey for 10 days they've been sitting there and he's been with them and he's now gone and they feel that void he's i miss him i miss his words i miss his comfort i miss even his correction i wish he was back But he promised us that he's going to send a comforter that not like him who God called back. And he said, it's better if I go back because I'm going to send the comforter and not only going to say I'm going to send it forever. It's going to be with you forever. It's not going to be here three and a half years during this ministry and gone. It's going to stay with you if you'll let him and if you'll hunger for that. And so they seemed they had a need and a desire for God to feel that longing inside of them. You know what, if you search yourself, you may be in this age right now and you may say, I'm doing good and I'm living for God, but there's just a void inside of me. They're just I know there's more. I know that there's more, that God's got more for me. Let me tell you what it could be. If you're not filled, it could be the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and it very likely is. So we see that they had a, a, a desire for God to fill them and they were waiting just like He had told them to do. They were all, you need to realize, that first verse, what I said, they were all in one accord. They were in one mind. They they had one purpose. They were all together. They were waiting patiently because they trusted God. They knew He was going to do it. They just didn't know when. And then it says all of a sudden, hallelujah, all of a sudden, it says that there uh, came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. A mighty wind come blowing. They heard the sound first. They heard the wind blowing. And no doubt their robes was probably flapping because the wind was rushing in. And then all of a sudden, they seen the being, they seen this great fire in the midst of them, the power of God. Then it said it split into different tongues and each one of them had tongues of fire rest upon them. And all of a sudden, something happened. They were changed forevermore. How do we know they were changed? How do we know this made a difference? Because these are the same individuals who were so fearful a few days later. They were sitting inside behind closed doors and they had a, uh, a dead bolt and a chair cropped, I mean, cropped, pushed against the door lock and they were so scared that they were coming after them next. They were trembling in their boots because they thought the Romans are coming after us next. We're the, all that's left and they're going to come after us. And now because they've been filled, they've seen first of all the resurrection. They know Jesus is real. They know he's the Messiah. Even his half-brother who didn't even believe in him up to to this point, now his half-brother, when they sees him raised from the dead, because he knew he died, and when he's seen him raised from the dead, now he's a believer, James is a believer, and we see that these disciples, they're on fire because they believe, that, oh my goodness, he is exactly what he said he would do, and then now, even after that, they were still fearful, but we see that there was something changed, that they were so full of the Spirit, they couldn't stay, it's it's just like, if you get too much power on any line, it's going to start moving, and they couldn't stand in an upper room, see, God's timing is perfect, folks, perfect, This this timing here was poured out at the exact time. This religious uh, this day of Pentecost uh, was a time. It was in the time of year when the weather was good, and this was a feast that the the people. In fact, they was Jews. There were thousands of Jews from all over the world that had made their way here for this particular uh, celebration. And God timed everything so perfectly that people from witnesses from all over the world would be there to take this in and to see what would happen, and then they would be able to go back and take what they seen. And after this preaching. And they would get saved, and they would go back, and they would be evangelists wherever they lived. And so God's timing is perfect, and He wanted to. He had revealed what He said He was going to do. Now, listen. Let me tell you something. If you miss, if you miss the fact that this is for you today, just like it was for them, then this is just a story. This means nothing to you. If it was just poured out for these individuals, but we know that it wasn't just the one time. In fact, over and over again throughout this New Testament, we see that God pours out His Spirit again. He rekindles the same ones again. they, They find out there's new believers, but they haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. And they send men and they pray over them, and God fills them again. And over and over, you see a term used. Look for this. And it says, we're going to look at a couple of them today. And it says, and Stephen, filled with the Holy Ghost. And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. He It's saying, yes, it's the same old guy, same person, the one that you didn't have confidence in a couple of chapters ago, but now something's changed. What is it? Filled with the Holy Ghost. And so God's wanting you to know and understand how powerful it is for you. Let me tell you uh, what Charles Spurgeon said about the importance of the Holy Ghost. And this is what he said. you got to hear this. He said, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. Zero. He said, we are as ships... Without the wind. We are as branches without sap. We are like coals without fire. We are useless. And that's what he said, and it's still true today. Without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you are not able to do what God wants. Is God has got a desire to pour himself through us and to use us, and we can only do that when the fullness of God's Spirit is in our soul and overflowing. And so today I want you to realize, and there's some reason. Today we're gonna to look at five reasons why you need the Holy Ghost. Why do you need the Holy Ghost today? Why is it important? Why is it why is it not optional? Why do you need it? First of all, in the verses, it tells us you need the Holy Ghost to fill you to overflowing. To fill you overflowing. It says in verse 4, and they were all filled. This word filled here is the Greek word "pimpili," And this word actually means to be completely full. It means that there couldn't be another drop inside of you. It could be, and not another thing could be in you because you're at the brim. Have you ever had that? Something at the brim, and maybe you forgot to turn the tub off, and it spilled into the floor, and you go in there, and you realize that if you just just move a little bit, it's going to splash some more. Or your cup you got from somewhere is full to the top, and you top, and you realize I'm getting ready to get this all over me. Why? Because there's no room for anything else. That's the thing when we need to realize this word when it says this is talking about something that is so full of something there's no room for anything else. No No room for anything else. You know what the problem is with us before we're filled with the Spirit? Let me just talk about me. You know what the problem is with me? If I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, the problem is there's too much of me. There's too much of me. And he says, I want to fill you with every bit of me. That's what he wants to do. He wants to fill you with him. And so many times I've made many mistakes. Why? Because I'm full of me. And me has good intentions, but me has no power to bring them to pass. And me fails a lot me feels a lot, but he can change that and turn that situation around. I, many times my wife, she doesn't like her coffee. Now I kind of, I like coffee all the way from super hot, all the way to iced coffee, to cold. Or even if my coffee gets cool, y'all, you know, somebody say that's gross. But even if my coffee gets cold, I can still drink it. So I like coffee all ranges. Now my wife likes hers hot, but not too hot. She doesn't want it too hot and she sure can't stand it cold. So sometimes we'll go, we'll be going somewhere and, and, and as, and as this, Uh, Culture is today. She likes Starbucks and she likes Dunkin' Donuts. We like going, if we're going anywhere together, we have to make a pit stop by one of those uh, places to get coffee. Now, many times I've heard her say, now, because she knows it's too hot at certain places, don't fill mine all the way to the top. Give me a cup of ice and don't fill mine all the way to the top. Now, why is she saying that? She's saying that because she realizes that if she wants to cool hers down, if it's fully filled with coffee, there's no room for anything else. So she can't put her eyes in, so she doesn't want it filled to the top. And the Lord says, hey, the reason I want to fill you overflowing, the reason I want to take you all the way to the top, the reason I want to take you up there is because I don't want anything else but me in you. I want to be overwhelmingly overflowing you with my presence. Listen, I was looking for this word. Now, this word that's filled here is used in different places in Scripture, but only one place is actually translated the same way. And it's not talking about the Holy Spirit. It's talking about being full of something else. It's actually talking about being filled with fear. In fact, in Luke 5, 24 through 26, Jesus is getting ready to heal the paralytic and he's getting ready to the man with palsy and he's getting ready to heal him and we're going to see in verse 26 him use the same word and you can get a, a meaning of it it says in verse 24 but they but that ye may know that the son of man in verse 24 hath power upon earth to forgive sins he said unto the sick a, a footnote he said unto the sick of the palsy i say unto thee arise take up thy couch and go into thine house and immediately he rose up before them and took up That uh, whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And here we see that word. And they were all amazed. They were in total bewilderment. And they glorified God and they were filled with fear. They were filled with awe. They were filled with uh, a total wonder at what just had happened because they knew this man his whole life had been in this condition. And now he is completely healed. And they were filled, overflowing with a fear and awe. Because of what God had done. And the Lord says the exact same word. I want to fill you overflowing with my spirit and not fear. That's what he wants to do. You know, when you overflow something, it impacts not just you. But it impacts something, everything around you. Let, let me give you an example of this. We bought just a few weeks ago, thank the Lord. Uh, we had our last uh, unit uh, dehumidifier. At failed. And started, uh, had some real problems. And then we found out later it actually had a, a, a recall or some problems on it that could cause fire. So we glad to get the thing out. So we went all winter without one and we just replaced this humidifier. Now it's it's it, so it's pumping water. So you got to get it out of the building, right? So there is a sump pump over here. Most of you don't know that unless you're up here on the platform. There's a little sump pump, with it, and when water gets so full, it pumps it outside. It does a great job. Well, so I hooked it up, Mister Wise guy here, Mister Need Help. Uh, I hooked this all up, and it worked. It came on and and, and uh, had it going. Yeah, great. It's working great, working good on a Saturday, and I had it turned on, had it going. Pretty proud of myself, but what I failed to realize was I didn't realize the sump pump wasn't plugged up. (laughs) <laughs> so, so what happened was during the, all this humidity that's in this building, been here for many months, all of a sudden it's trying to get it all out, and it fills that sump pump up, and it fills that sump pump up, and it gets to the very top, and it has nowhere else to go. What's it going to do? It spills out. So I came in here that morning, and I got realizing there's a dark spot over here, and I put my hand down, splash. Oh, my goodness, what's happened? And then I realized the sump pump wasn't plugged up. What happened to that water? It, it, it overflowed. It, it, it just it wasn't going to stop it there was just because it got to the top it didn't stop it just kept overflowing and what did it do it impacted everything around it. in fact i had to tell priscilla that day what make sure you don't take your shoes off cuz it had it had came all the way over to where her feet was and it was and i was in here using a whole roll of paper towels i did the best i could i took a whole roll of paper towels and sopped up till i used i mean i it was a mess but i got every bit i could so i tried to do the best i could because it's my fault but what I, the point is is it was saturated everything around it because it overflowed and impacted everything else because there was nowhere. It filled itself up and then it impacted everything else. That's what the Lord wants to do with the Holy Spirit. He wants to flow over on others through you. That's why he wants you to overflow. It's not just for you. The Holy Spirit is not just for you, but you're going to see it's for others too. So God wants to fill. I got to hurry. That's one out of five. So I'm going to move. I'm sorry. I'm going to start moving. And I'm talking fast. I might be able to talk faster. God wants to fill you so that you will overflow. Yes. You know what else the reason you need the Holy Ghost? Because God wants to speak through you. No, 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 you don't understand. You don't know who I am. You know, I'm backward. I don't want to talk. I don't want anybody to look at me. I don't want Let me tell you something. That's why you need the Holy Spirit because God wants to use your life. He wants to speak things through you that will be the exact thing He wants to say. He even said, Don't try to plan what you're going to say. When you're going to stand in front of judges, when they're going to try to condemn you, even to death, don't you plan what you're going to say because you're full of the Spirit. And when you get in that spot, you need it. I'm going to say that thing. I'm going to give you exactly what to say. And it's going to hit the mark every single time. God wants to speak through you. Sometimes He'll, you know what He'll do when He speaks to you? Sometimes He'll give you words of wisdom. Someone's doing something. You don't even have a clue. All of a sudden, God will reveal something to you, and you'll say something, and it'll prick a heart. It'll cause them to realize. And it wasn't you that did it. It's the Spirit of God moving through you to somebody else. God wants to speak through It says in verse 4, part of that verse says, And it began to speak with other tongues. As, not as they did. They didn't do anything. All they did was just surrender themselves to God. He was speaking through them with the Holy Spirit as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, it wasn't anything you do. It's nothing you have to work up. It's nothing you have to do in yourself. It's getting in the presence of God, worshiping Him and falling into His presence and just letting yourself go and let Him have His way through you. And He'll speak through you, not only just in, in, in tongues, but He'll speak through you and give you words that will cause others to be encouraged or corrected or, or whatever He wants to do. Let me tell you this. This one, this one to me, I, I, this was just an illustration this week that, I got to, that was brought back to my mind powerful thing I remember uh, Gene Huff when he was still living I, I, went, I recorded this so glad I did 13 years ago in April uh, I was the Sunday school superintendent I wasn't even a youth pastor at that time I was preaching on this you know as an associate but I was the Sunday school superintendent and worship leader other, other things in the church but my job was, because they had a lot of classes, like 13, 14 classes, was to go around at that time to make sure everybody's taken care of and the kids are taken care of and, and uh, everything was ruly and, or taken care of. And So I, at the very, usually at the very end, about 10 minutes before Sunday is over, I could ring the bell and I could come in there and I could sit down in the adult sanctuary, Brother Huff's teaching the class, happened every week, and I got to come in and catch the very end of his class. This week, I didn't get to hear anything he was teaching. I came in. He was just finishing up by the time I got in there. And thank God we was recording that, even though we didn't usually keep the Sunday school. But that morning, I was sitting there, and Brother Huff got done with his class as He usually did. He's at a podium in front of the class. He prayed over God to bless. God, you know, use what we just talked about to have your way. He started praying. And all of a sudden, man, I started feeling something. Ooh, I started feeling something. And he started weeping as he he prayed. And when he started weeping, then all of a sudden, he started speaking in tongues. Now, this wasn't uncommon, Brother Huff. I mean, that church is is God uses people through the Spirit a lot. So this is nothing I hadn't heard before. But the difference was, as soon as he started speaking in tongues, I felt the Spirit just touch me and say, this is to you. Well, I didn't even know what he was saying. But I can tell you right now, the hair stood up on the back of my neck because it was the most unbelievable, you know, listen, if you have this, God don't speak out loud and say it in, you know, a loud. But he can do that, but he usually don't. I just felt that spirit prod me and said to me and my spirit, for you. Well, I, was, I, I mean, I could feel it all the way through. He got done with speaking in tongues. He paused. He's still weeping. And then he gives the interpretation. My, my. I wish I could tell you all the details, but here's what the awesome part. It just, I mean, it floored me. It just, I was like, God, this is to me. You're speaking this to me. And, man, I was just weeping and crying. And after the service, man, I mean, I, was, I took care of all the sound stuff and you know, showed them how to do all that stuff. So I went up there before they got rid of it because once they got done editing it out, that we got rid of stuff. And so, man, I got out there, and I cut that piece out, and I saved it. It came back to my mind this week. And so I, I was like, oh my, I hope I haven't lost that. So I went back and I found it. Lord, show me where it was. I'd saved it, thank God. I kept a little MP3 so I could listen to this stuff. I keep stuff that's important. And so I would listen to that again. Do you, let me tell you something? Let me tell you what God did. So one of the very things at the end puzzled me. I remember this 13 years ago. One of the things that he said at that moment didn't even make sense to me. Didn't even make sense 13 years ago. And when I listened to it this week, I mean, tears flooding my face again. Because he's still doing something. He gave me a promise that I need now. And then what was it? Someone who is filled with the Spirit, who surrendered themselves and let God speak through them. And it's still ministering today to me. So it's so important to let God overwhelm you with his presence and speak through you. Because you don't realize sometimes how someone's needing what you have. It's not just for you, it's for others. It's overwhelming. It gives you strength and a peace that will overwhelm you when he speaks through you. So God wants to fill you so he can overflow you and that he can speak through you. You know what else? The reason God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that he can draw others to himself through you. God uses people. God uses you and me. God uses frailty. To bring glory to his name. He uses frailty. That's why he used Peter. That's why he uses everybody. Is because he finds those that can't do it in themselves. And he wants to use them to draw others to him. We see that in verse 5 and 6. We see it a bunch of places. But we see in this chapter. It says in 5 and 6. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem. And this was perfect timing. Because God is perfect in everything he does. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem. Jews, devout men of out of every nation under earth. Coincidence? No. Perfect timing that God done this exact timing. And it says, now when this noise abroad, it's talking about when the noise came forth, when the overflow, they couldn't contain it. Hey, they heard it while they were still in the upper room. And they come spilling out. And people's hearing this commotion. And it says thousands of people came and gathered around to see what was going on. And it says the multitude came together and were confounded. They were confused. They, were, they didn't know what was going on because that every man heard them speak in his own life. there wasn't one person there from all over the world that didn't hear about the glory of God. They heard through people who had never learned these languages, and all they did was surrender themselves to God. And now they are giving testimony to the faithfulness and goodness of God. And people are concerned and stirred, and they're saying, What is this about? And what is going on? And it's just their hearts are pricked their hearts are stirred because they're hearing stuff in their own language and they know this is a miracle that's going on in front of them. If you have and I've used this illustration today, and every time I think I forget to, I got one out in the car, and I meant to go get it. Yeah, a glove. Talking about the illustration of a glove, you may have. I've got some good gloves out in my vehicle that's made that we use that, that you keep you from getting cut. And it's not real thick. I can still use them as an EMS, and they're thin enough that I can still use, but they got special protection so I can grip really well, and, but and also so that something doesn't pierce my hand. And so they're really good gloves. But if I had that glove up here, and it's a wonderful tool, and it's and it's great to do things with. But if I I'm like that glove, just by, I have potential. There's things I can do. But the thing is, it takes the right hand inside of that glove. So you are just like that glove. You have potential. And there's things that God wants you to do. There's work He wants you to do. There's things He wants you to perform. There's people He wants you to touch. But the key is, you can't do it in your own strength. It's like me laying that glove up here and tell it to go to work. It is useless in itself. But when the hand of God slips inside of that, when God's hand slips inside of that, all of a sudden there is power to be able to perform what He's called you to do. You don't have to do it yourself. You may be fearful. I don't want no part of that because I'm scared. I want. I mean, you don't have to because when His hand slips in, it's not you anymore. It's Him. Amen. It's what He wants to do. He wants to do that in your life. So He wants to draw others Through you, he wants you to be a beacon that he can use, and it's only if you make yourself available. So we see here that God wants to overflow you. He don't want you just half full. He don't want you three-quarter. He wants you overflowing. He wants to speak through you with his spirit, and he wants to draw others through you with his spirit. Number four, he wants to empower you with boldness. He wants to give you that Holy Spirit boldness within you. Every one of us probably says, Lord, I'd like to do some things from you. But Lord, I I don't think I can do it. I don't think I have the capability. Let me tell you something. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit boldness, I couldn't even stand behind this pulpit. I remember many years going into a, a, even trying to sing in front of church, going into a cloakroom and about throwing up because I was so scared to get in front of people. What helped me? The Holy Spirit's what helped. A Holy Spirit that says you can do it. Why? Because I do it through you. And it says in verse 14, we see a picture. I didn't read this earlier. We see a man that's transformed here. It gives a picture of how things change so quickly with the Holy Spirit. But it says when these people are saying, oh, these people are drunk. These people are drinking. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's 9 o'clock in the morning. I mean, come on. This is not what you're thinking. And so Peter, the, the one that's scared, the one that's been running, the one that was hiding says here in verse 14, but Peter... He steps up in front of that big crowd. Now, you need to realize who's standing there. There is many, many, many hundreds of people who was just a few weeks ago standing there saying, crucify him, crucify him. These are the people Peter's been running from. These are the people Peter's afraid of. There is all kinds of people there, even religious leaders there. He knows this is dangerous, but when all of a sudden, what's different in Peter? Man, he feels something shake him, and when they start saying that this isn't anything but alcohol, he comes walking up to the podium, and he says, hey, Standing up with eleven, lifted up his voice and said, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, everybody listen to me what I've got to say. Let this be known unto you and hearken to my words. And he preaches the first gospel message. And he preaches a message that calls them out and says that you've crucified the Christ. You all with wicked hands has taken the Son of God. And you said crucify him and you killed him. And now God has raised him and tells the gospel story. And we see that he had no fear. What's the difference in this guy man he's powerful I mean he's powerful what's the difference the Holy Spirit has changed him it's transformed him it wants to he'll do something through you if you'll let it there was a story of a little boy who was flying a kite and some man driving by, seen, in fact, that boy was bri- dry, uh, flying a kite, and I might have told you this before, but he's flying a kite, and he got so far up, I seen some kites this week with some of this wind, and they had some pretty far up in J- Lexington, that Jacobson Park, as I went by these people flying kites, and we see, and, and man, they was way up there. But this, this, this kite was totally out of sight. All he had was just, if you look at him, you've seen a boy and a string sticking up in the air, and so this guy come walking over, and he's looking up. He's trying to see what's on the string. What's he doing? And he was like, son, what are you doing? He said, I'm flying a kite. What do you think I'm doing? And he says, "Uh, son, where's it at? He says, it's up there. And he says, well, how do you know it's still up there? And uh, he said, because I can feel it. I can feel it. How do you know that the Holy Spirit is real? How do you know? How do you know? All of a sudden, there is this. There is. Let me tell you how you. You know the first time you feel the spirit tug is before you even get saved. Every single one of you, I'll guarantee you, there was a tugging happening in your heart. And it wasn't you doing that. It wasn't the devil doing that. It was the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart with conviction and it started shining a light within your heart. And all of a sudden, you felt your need for salvation. And then when He fills you with the Holy Spirit, there's times, woo, He comes over you and you feel that power flow through you. And it's not what you normally feel. It's an overflowing where you can't only contain yourself. Hey, you feel Him tugging at your spirit. You feel Him just overflowing you and you can know that He's there. We see that in Peter's life. I've just got one more here. Just give me just a minute. This is important stuff here. But it says here, in Acts chapter 4, it's talking about a boldness that will transform. You've got to remember who we're talking about here. This is Peter. We see him. He doesn't quit stopping right here on the day of Pentecost. He continues. We see in verse... 8 of uh, chapter 4 says then Peter, hey look here the next words it is, then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost Peter filled, he wants the scriptures every word in scripture is there for a reason it's wanting you to know, what I'm getting ready to tell you about is Peter, and Peter, not the old Peter, but the one that's filled with the Holy Ghost this is why he's going to do this, and here's Peter speaking, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, he's talking to the ones that killed Jesus, he's he's preaching to them, if this, if we this day be examined of the good deed we've done to this impotent man that was raised up when they came to the temple and they raised him up and they're bringing him into question because of what they did and it says uh, by what means he is made whole be it known unto you all not maybe, if, whatever you all need to know this one thing I don't care what you do you need to realize this uh, uh, that uh, it is all you people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom ye crucified he's pointing a finger right back in their face whom ye crucified you're the one that killed him, whom God raised from the dead. You didn't kill him. You killed him, and then God raised him right back up. You can't keep him down. And even by him doth this man stand here before you Ho! This is the stone that was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Boy, he's making them mad. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given unto men, whereby ye must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness, of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men and they marveled. Why did they marvel? Because this isn't them. This is not who they used to see. This is not their nature. Something's changed in them. And what is it? They took knowledge of them. Man, they took, they're sitting there contemplating, man, there's something, I'm telling you, there's something going on. I don't believe in this Jesus, but man, I can tell you one thing, something's changed in these guys and you know there's a question mark in their mind. And I guarantee you some of these these religious leaders, their heart was turned because of what they heard coming out of these two disciples. And it says, and they, they had been, what? With Jesus. Man. Listen. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. He wants to empower you with boldness. This isn't the same Peter anymore. This isn't the same. This is the same Peter now. That when he gets even to his old age and he's going to be crucified, he he said he's not. I'm not even worthy to be crucified like the Lord. And 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 uh, uh, legend has it whether he doesn't say. I, I don't think it's in scripture. It may be uh, that he was crucified upside down. And so we see that he had that kind of boldness that. He was changed because of that. You know what? D.L. Moody, you all know, have heard of D.L. Moody. What a mighty man of God. Let me tell you what he said about the Spirit of God, about being fully surrendered to Him. When he was just starting in his ministry, he heard a preacher. don't know who the preacher was, but what, this is how the Spirit moves. This is how the Spirit speaks through people. He heard a preacher make this statement. Here's what that preacher said. The world has yet to see what God can do with one man, fully surrendered to him. D.L. Moody left that service that night and said, Lord, let that be me. Let that be the rest of my life. Let me become that man. And he impacted the world. He impacted the world because he said, Lord, you empower me. Lord, you give me your spirit and overflow me. So we see here that God wants to overflow you. He wants to speak through you. He wants to draw others through you. He wants to empower you. Finally, we see that he wants to bring conviction of sin. He wants to to overflow us because he wants to not only impact our lives. That we said a minute ago, the first time you feel him is because he wants to reveal sin in your life. But he'll use you to cause others to see their need for him. He will do it. He will do it, and you don't even have to. You you may think, "Well, I don't want to get there and tell somebody they did wrong." You don't even have to do that. There is something that happens about a spirit-filled person. That impacts people's lives. And even if they don't say anything, just being around you, they feel the presence of God. It says that in verse 37, 2 verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked. And this this is when Peter got done preaching. They heard this, the same ones who said, crucify him, crucify him. It says they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brothers, what shall we do? I'm undone. I am changed. I need to be changed. I, I don't want to be guilty. These are the same ones. What changed? Why are they convicted? Why is their heart pricked? Because the Holy Spirit is doing the work through someone who will yield themselves. And they will say the right thing at the exact right time. And He'll deal with them. And God will deal with hearts. We see that 53 days before, this is the same end of the disciple that was running and denying he even knew it. Holy Spirit, man, the difference a man can use and a man can be if he will yield himself completely to the power of a Holy Spirit. There was a young 12 year old boy who got saved in a revival and he had a couple of friends that was with him. And after the service, they couldn't believe it because he just, all of a sudden, tears started filling the little boy's eyes. And, and when the altar opened up, he went up and he prayed and got saved. And when the service is over his friends got him off to the side and said, I'll say his name is Billy. Billy, what happened? Did you hear God's voice? No. Did you hear something that was telling you to go up front? No. Did you What happened, Billy? Why did you what made you realize you needed to give your heart to God? Why did you do that? I mean, you, we're sitting right there with you. Why did how come you responded? And the best example he could say, it says, you know when we go fishing together? Yeah. He said, you know when you catch a fish? He said, you don't see the fish. You don't hear the fish. You feel a tugging. And he said, I felt a tugging inside my heart, and I knew that I needed to give my heart to the Lord. That's what the Lord does through you. That's what he does through you. There was a, and I might have, I might have told it because I, I, this definitely fits here. This is a good example, but there was a professional golfer, and I think you'll, you'll see how this illustrates it. there was were professional golfers playing in a tournament many years ago with President Gerald Ford, shows you how far back it was. And with Jack Nicholas and Billy Graham. And so they had placed these guys together, and he was, this guy was not a Christian. In fact, he didn't believe in God at all. And once the round was over, one of some of the other professional golfers came over and was, you know, because he's thinking thinking, man, this guy's got the dream team. He's on the, he is on the team of the president and Billy Graham. <laughs> and, you know, what was it like? What was it like? And uh, he was angry. He was mad. And when they asked him about it, he said, uh, he asked what it was like to play with the president, Billy Graham. He says, this, this prose in disgust says, I don't, I don't need Billy Graham stuffing religion down my throat. And he gets mad. And he goes over and takes a whole bucket of balls and just bangs them as hard as he can out in the field. And when he gets done, his friend says, Buddy, did Billy just let you have it out there? What did he say to you? And then he then he uh, sheepishly actually had to admit he didn't say anything. He didn't actually say anything. What was it? He was just in the presence of someone who knew God and God's spirit was in. And all of a sudden, God overflowed and touched his life and dealt with him. And conviction touched him. Why? Because he's in the presence of someone who knows God. And God wants to do that through your life. Sometimes he'll tell you to say something. Sometimes he'll give you a little word of knowledge that you'll know not to make a mistake. There's been times, there's been times in the in the recent past that I was getting ready to face something, and God said, "Let me." Tell, and I won't even go into details. Mom, Dad, Dad knows this for sure. But recently, about two months ago, something I was getting ready to face something that could have went really bad, and the Lord, within 30 seconds of something happening, said, "Let me tell you what's getting ready to happen." And I'm, I never had this happen before. Said this person's getting ready to do this, and getting ready to say this, and then told me, "Don't do anything. Don't do anything." Well, I'm so glad he did because I was like, what? What? I <laughs> started looking around and so helped me exactly what he said. Here it comes. Here comes the situation. And I now look back and say, Lord, if you hadn't have said that, if you hadn't have told me that, you hadn't given me that word of wisdom, if you hadn't spoke to my spirit, I would have made a mistake. I would have definitely made a mistake. Let me tell you something. God wants to speak through you. And everyone, let me tell you something. We need that. If we want to look at what's going on in our nation more than anything else, our nation needs a revival and a fullness of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. You want to see what will fix uh, what's going on in, in Frankfurt and what's going on in Washington? You let some, uh, some of our leaders get filled with the Holy Spirit, and they'll make some decisions different than they're making right now. They'll lead us different There won't be so much fighting going on There won't be so much confusion Instead of in these streets You see all this turmoil that's going on If we was to see people come again And get in the presence of God And God's spirit sweep through again All of a sudden you'd see conviction And people be kneeling And there would be a lot less problems in our country You would see a bunch of businesses that would close down That would be no need for And you see it in the past You'd see it again God wants to do it And it's up to his people Whether they want it And whether they desire God will give it to every single person that's hungry for God will give it to every person that stays there and tarries in his presence and say God I need you I need you I need you I need more of you Lord I don't want to go without you God wants to and today I challenge you to say you need the Holy Spirit you need to be overflowing with the Spirit I want this church to be a church full of the Holy Spirit There's things God wants to do. There's things that God wants to prophesy. There's things God wants to encourage. There's people There's Sometimes God wants to give us a word of correction. There's people that God wants to use you to edify the church and to encourage. I've I've seen it my whole life. And if I'm telling you, you take those experiences out of my life, there would be a void there. There would be such a void there. And so God still pours out His Spirit today. Need to realize it. it is a separate move of God. You get filled. Listen, you get. I was thinking about. I don't know. How, I don't even know a great way to explain this. You drove in here this morning and you have a little air in your tires. You got air in your tires, but we need our tires full of air, do we not? It will impact your life. You can't do what you could do if your tires aren't full. And so, the, when we get saved, God puts His Spirit within us and He washes us up and He cleans us and we're made new. But there is a separate, distinct. Uh, manifestation of the spirit where God says now let me feel you overflowing with my spirit and it's, It'll change you just as much as that original salvation did. He'll do it, and I ask that the Lord would. I've asked Him all weekend, Lord. You know, you know it's true. You know, you want to move, God. Feel this church overflowing, God. Let every one of us be overflowing. Hey, if you haven't been filled, if you've been filled, oh, I got the Holy Spirit twenty-five years ago. But are we filled today? Are we overflowing today? We need it every single day that God would pour through us and pour out of us, and God impact those around us. Let me tell you something. There's nothing like it this morning. And this morning, if you would stand. this morning as we end this service I want to ask the Lord I know we're a little limited on what we can do but right where you're at I want to ask you that first of all that God would put hunger in our heart that even if you're full of the Spirit you'd say God give me more I want all you got Lord I don't want one ounce of me I want your Spirit I want you to move I want you to speak and that you would overflow through your mighty power in in this place and within my life let's ask Him Heavenly Father we come before you this morning we come before you God we want everything you've got for us Lord you came and Lord the enemy wants to cheat us out of the very things that you come to give us Lord You, he wants to cheat us out of prayer because of strength he wants us to cheat us out of salvation he wants to cheat us out of the fullness of your spirit he wants us to be weak and Lord just to be able to just try to escape by and Lord you've come to give us life and give it abundantly overflowing overwhelming God and Lord your desire in this last hour is to have a church filled with your spirit just like you did in the book of Acts Lord don't let us God just walk past it and God just check it off it's unimportant but God that you would transform us and change us God put desires and hearts and lives today Lord that you would move by your spirit Almighty God have your way in this place this morning Hallelujah Hallelujah if you just keep your head bowed for just, just a minute this morning I just want to ask you in this service how many would raise their hand this morning and say that's me this morning I need to either be filled or overfilled and refilled this morning i need more of the presence i see those hands i see those hands oh god lord let's pray that right there where you're at ask god to have his way ask god to fill you god that you would touch these lives lord that you would overflow god that you would let us see that lord you want to move god you want to blow you want a fire shut up within our bones you want a fire, Lord, that just overwhelms us. And in God, that Lord spills out on everyone around us. And God, that there be a courage of faith and abundance, Lord. And God, there would be a courage and there would be an empowerment, oh God. And Lord, that there would be a desire, Lord, in our lives, not to be just going because we've done it, not without it before. But God, there would be such a change, such a desire. God, that there would be no way that it would be filled until you overflow with your Holy Ghost in power. God, You would do it, Lord. Sweep through this place again. Lord, let us hear that upper room experience of that wind blowing. And God, that we'd feel Your presence. Almighty God, that You would put a hunger and feel that hunger, God. You said You'd do it and You'll do it again, Lord. Have Your way, Lord have your way Lord and God if there be any this morning that doesn't know you that this very moment even online God that they call out on you because Lord you first want to deal with our hearts with that Holy Spirit you first want to deal with the sin that's in our lives and we realize we can't do it in ourselves we know that we got things in our lives we can't clean up ourselves your Holy Spirit deals with us it uncovers it so that we can't cover it anymore and God I pray that you would save souls this morning as they call out on you and put their trust in you Lord you sweep through and wash them clean and then lord fill them with the spirit fill them with your mighty power fill them with your holy ghost oh god have your way this morning god thank you lord for your presence we feel thank you god for god the promise that you gave and that god you're going to fulfill it and god this church would be overflowing with your power have your way lord Have your way, God. Give a hunger like never before. Give a desire, God, that can't be quenched with anything this world has to offer. Uh, God, have your way. Have your way, God. And we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your mighty presence. We thank you for your mighty spirit. Oh, Lord, we need you. We need you. We need you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.